Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Fluffing her pillows in the in the hammock, Mike. I told you she's doing exactly. I am. I, I am so comfy. <laughs> there he is. Hello, Marvin Gaye, green hat. Lord yeah. Kairos, how are you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. We can hear you. All good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got a bunch of pictures of you actually. What's up? You know, I asked you to hook me up with where you bought that Wakanda and Jersey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing. Just add me. I, I got you. I won't lean on you again. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? As we are in the flow of conversation, it only makes sense to start shots fired with my man's them and woman's, actually. Let's get this popping. Introducing the crew as usual. Shasanga. What's good, people? Kairos. Hey, it's time. <laughs> and the most hated woman on Twitter. It's G. That would be me. Straight up, no chaser. Now we've got a full docket as usual. We've done no prep. We've done no uh, rehearsals. You know what? Speaking of rehearsals, just before you came on, G, because I know that Kyle's was a little bit kind of tardy, even though we are like, you know, a couple of minutes As usual, though. Early, but you're still tardy (laughs) because he was the last one in the room. But anyway, (laughs) I was asking um, Chisanga about uh, Fight Island, and um, he's obviously queued up and ready and rearing to go for the next uh, foray into the island. But they have discovered a new and more effective way of actually detecting COVID, and it is the anal swab. Are you taking the anal swab? <laughs> <from the team>? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, man, I, I'm, to, to, to be honest, you know what? Screw it, I'd do it. If, if a doctor told me I, it, was the, it was the best way of de- deciphering whether or not you had COVID, put, put Fire Island aside. Say, for example, I'm going, to, I'm going to Zambia and I'm going to see some of my elderly family. If they were to say this is the only, like this is the most definitive way to de- detect if you've got it, if you're not, I'd do it in a heartbeat for my family. So and you know what? I'd do it as well. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You man do it first and I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. You know uh, what? We're going to spin the bottle. Oh, let me show you something. You know, Valentine's is obviously just gone. Sorry, audio listeners, if you're um, actually taking this in first without the video, but Valentine's just gone. My missus, my superb missus, puts up with a lot. She gave me, I think, a really incredible present. Look at this. Look at this. That's pretty awesome, actually. That is, That's cool. a that is incredible, isn't it? Yep. I don't wow. know whether that was by design, whether she's trying to tell me I'm spending too much time with you guys, but <laughs> Shots Fired has its own tumbler now. Own tumbler. That's Look dope. That. that is cool. Look at that bullet embedded and everything. That's anyway, kind of dope. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know how she's coming for your ass. You're going to shoot your ass. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, sending you a message. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of sending a message, we have loads of messages which we want to send today. Lots of shots we want to send today. I'm just going to spin the actual... uh, Spin the actual bullet and see where it actually lands. Gee, you're up first. It actually spun to you. Whatever you're bringing to the table, unpack that now. All right, let's go. Listen, I would like to talk about Joe Rogan and his commentary. But listen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 she's hurt. She's hurt. She's hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's what we're going to talk about, Michael. Exactly. But here's the thing. Quiet is kept. I'm a Joe Rogan kind of fan. Ever since, you know, he's been commentating in the booth, it only seems right to hear his voice. You know what I mean? Like, as much as he's been messing up lately, I do still really like him there for some odd reason. And it's probably because I've been listening to him for years and loved how he was with Goldie and et cetera. And I'm sure y'all can relate. Mm. But here's the issue. As of lately and in consistently, he's been dropping the ball. You know, the last fight, what, what, what was he doing in the last fight? He was harping on um, Pollyanna um, beating yeah. up the homeless guy. He, he was going crazy about that. Um, how about when uh, he commentated when he commentated for Felicia Spencer and Chris Cyborg? Anything Felicia Spencer did, he lost his mind and he did not even speak of Chris Cyborg and what she was doing. And she was in total domination. Just my opinion. You know what I mean? Like. We all can come up with stories of like, damn, what is Joe doing? You know what I'm saying? And there's also like a lot of bias sometimes now. And to me, he just sounds really comfortable. It sounds like a guy that's been working there so long. It's almost like he doesn't have a boss. He can be late. He can show up. He's just, he's good there. But my question to you is, can the UFC survive without him? If they were to remove him from the UFC completely, no interviews, no commentary, would we be how would we be? And also, do you think that he's been slipping lately? What are your thoughts of Joe Rogan as of lately? And I'm going to start with Chisanga. Um, his, his reach across social media platforms, in particular um, YouTube and now Spotify, is massive. So I think if he was to depart, that would be a huge, a huge void that I don't think the UFC would be able, would be able to fill because obviously he's cultivated his own, his own audience with, uh, with his podcast. Um, which is obviously an amalgamation of like comedy and like current affairs and what have you, but there is a huge MMA aspect to it. So I think it would be a, a massive loss. And I know that I, I, when you, when you bring up the Felicia Spencer, uh, Chris Cyborg fight, li- like literally everything he was doing, he was losing his, he was losing his shit. And to be honest, I, I, I don't know, maybe if he's just trying to hype up the experience for the audience at home or, or whatever or like the the casual audience at home who who are um who, who might not be 100 percent too familiar with the sport or whatever but there's been a few instances where um one can't help but think if he's enjoyed some of the mary jane before the event yes like, yeah like I've, i i think he's even talked about it on the podcast like potentially smoking weed before the event but I, I can't remember if he definitively said if he has or if he's not so maybe that's just potentially a reason why he slipped out and not to mention just just age as well like you, you know he's been doing this for a long time exactly and, and his his love for it might have gone down to a, to a certain extent so then subconsciously his performance is, is might have might have dipped so I Joe Rogan is synonymous with the with the UFC I mean 
we we all said that with Mike Goldberg and like although people ragged on Goldie and whatever, he provided like his commentary. It is over. There has been so many iconic moments in the sport. Yeah, it's just I I I just don't think it would be the same without it. So I think I think I think we miss Joe Rogan to be honest. I think he's too big of a too big of a personality to replace in mixed martial arts in the UFC. Sorry. I know. I feel the same way. Like I'm leery to kind of like let Joe go, even though it's like every week I have like a gripe with his commentary. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm just stuck. Mike, what you think? Same as Jasanga. I mean, he's covered many of the points I was going to raise in terms of with Goldie. I certainly do miss him. I miss the trademark um, virtually identical. I miss the trademark. Look at Kairos. <laughs> I miss all those cues, those audible, audible cues that you know, gave you a sense of excitement. And that's where Joe comes in because he does actually complete that excitement when he's on the broadcast. But is he expendable? Yes. Would I miss him if he left? No. Uh, sorry, yes. But ultimately what I'm saying is he is um, one of those characters because of his larger than life persona that, you know, it's kind of like synonymous with the UFC. When you think of the UFC, you think of Buffer, you think of White, you think of Rogan. And obviously in the past, Goldie. So yes, he would be missed, but he could be replaced easily. There's, okay, there's only one person who I think, and to be honest, it, it would be an absolute dream for, for him to be commenting in the UFC. There's only one person who I think could replace him. And that is the great and powerful Mauro Ranallo. He, for me, I think he is, he's the, when, when it comes to combat sports commentary, I think, I think he's the gold standard. I think he, I think he's the gold. Like, I don't know if you remember his com uh, Showtime commentary of when Anthony Joshua knocked out Klitschko. If not, you need to listen to that. It is just, oh, I, 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 I kind of mm. get goosebumps just, just talking about it now. Like he said uh, something like, uh, <clears throat> oh, was, one line was like, Joshua lit up Kuchko like Amani Crisco and just like just this is just stuff that comes up, like comes naturally to him. He's like he's phenomenal. He's the only one who I think could replace Rogan. But in an ideal world, you'd have you'd have both of them. Although I don't know how how you'd eventually make it work. But maybe that's just the nostalgia. I like I like Jimmy Smith. I think if we were yeah, to replace Joe Rogan, I, I, I would I would pick Jimmy Smith. Contract. Yeah, me too. I was stunned yeah. when they didn't renew his contract. And I, I figured it was personal because he's so good and so talented that there's no way this couldn't be personal. Like, why wouldn't you hire him? But Kairos, what do, what do you think? What's going on? Yeah, you know, we should replace uh, Joe Rogan with Pat Militich since we just don't really care about the sport anymore. Huh? <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're going on. Here's you know, I, I, <laughs> you know, I feel some type of way, Kairos. You got to warn me before you say <laughs> no, but. Can Ooh. they replace him? Sure. Should they? No. And here's the problem why, because you've effectively created a void. Yes, sure, he's popular and he brings eyes to the sport too, but you, you have to figure out how you would replace him. You can't say, all right, great, we're going to replace Joe Rogan with a person who's very fact-sensual and knows a lot about the sport, because then it's like, all right, we already got high-level analysts, so now you have three. You need to have diversity in the group and yeah. the trio. So, like, I feel like that's ultimately the larger challenge. And mm. we, as MMA fans, like I told y'all, I've been on Joe Rogan's ass for the past like two, three years saying this man's biased. People are like, you're a hater. I was like, no, he's so no. biased. <laughs> but I, you would have to find someone who can be entertaining. And eccentric as him. Yeah. And eccentric and still mm. have knowledge in MMA too. Like yes. that's, that's the big problem. Like you got to have someone who, who's witty, who's quick, who like, 
I don't think the UFC can find someone like that. Yeah. At the least only person is Mauro. The only person is Mauro Ronaldo. But he's been, he's snapped up with Bellator already. And even then, I feel like because like, yeah, like the they, American audience wouldn't accept him like that. Yeah, they would, they would, um, what's the word? They wouldn't accept him right away or there'd be a bunch of people complaining and yeah. missing Joe. Like I can, I see what you're saying, but he's not at like Joe's level yet, like to replace him and yeah, people I, to be I, happy I mean, with that replacement. You yeah, know, like, like a celebrity I, I, who knew. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say, uh, get Snoop Dogg back in the broadcast. No, 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 I wanted to say that. <laughs> oh, man. Don't get me wrong. I liked hearing his commentary, but I understand what the sport wants and what the sport needs. And yeah, yeah. they don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. But at the same time, I do think like the Joe Rogan commentary is somewhat of an issue right now. Like it's pretty bad. And I'm saying this as someone who does not want him to be replaced. You know, I'm, I'm you know, it's like that's the the issue here is that I don't want to let him go. But every week, fellas, we are talking about like, what the fuck was he saying? The by you know, he's biased. Also, sometimes when he's in the booth with DC, it sounds like hella unprofessional. They start like going back and forth joking and it sounds like the both of them took edibles sometimes you know what I'm saying like and I'm just like you know we do a lot of talking about like what was he saying or why was he obsessed with that one particular fighter and it's like yeah. every week before it was like every so often you know he's just not as sharp as he used to be or like well maybe he's just not as into it as much as he used to be so you know what they could do what's that they could do like a guest fighter. It's not the same group of fighters. Uh, it's like a random yes. fighter from the roster, whether they have a fight coming up or they just had a fight and they put them on the broadcast team with them. Obviously you gotta be careful about who you put on. Cause they might say some shit in the heat of the moment or yeah. just aren't good in bright lights. Like you can't have Hannah Cyphers up there when she's, she can't even talk with a camera in her face. Right, right. Yeah, and half the time you can't have Aljamain Sterling up there because he was like, or you Cody get up there and, and talk about yeah. like pads or something. Yeah, he'll get mad and <laughs> you know what I'm you saying. Can, you yeah. get you can get some really good people. Like I bet you if they got Paulo Costa up there and he just was talking shit, like people would cry laughing, people would die laughing at yeah. how funny that dude is, or like somebody like they could make it work. How about Angela yeah, Marjorie? That's a good idea. She she slipped into the part um, what once now, and I thought she did pretty decently. Who? Angela Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you're a decent human being, yeah, but I'm telling you, the MMA fans would rip her to shreds. But yeah, they like, don't really get too excited when she does commentate. When I did notice that, like right now, they seem to be really into Laura Senko. They seem to be. Yeah, but even even like I I, I think Laura has done more than enough to to be worthy of a, of a broadcast a spot a spot in the broadcast. But you just know there's good like because of some of the. Well, a lot of the toxicity that's prevalent in the fan base is just going to be a huge backlash as to oh, this this woman, blah blah blah. She doesn't even know stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. you, you can see yeah. it, you can see it happening, happening already. And like, yeah, it, it it's a shame, but eventually the move's going to happen, and I'll be one of the people championing Laura because her credentials are, but when it comes to her, her second to none. She's been there, she's done it, she's competed as well. She know she like. Going off, going off of uh, Cub Swanson's point tweet the other day, which I'm sure we'll talk about as well, where he said that all MMA media should have at least three fights. I don't know about that, but like, there's there's some merits to what you were saying, but as a there are no merits, <laughs> none. Yo, quick question. Let me just throw one more at y'all real quick. What's up with the storylines and commentating? 
Did y'all hear the baby mama drama last week with John Anik? And look, it's Cairo. <laughs> Did y'all notice a trend though? Like how they're trying to get us like emotionally involved or they're bringing up, like, what is that y'all? Or lifestyle issues. It's almost like they're trying to chuck that in there. It's like, this is we like- We don't care uh, though. Side of fighting. Yeah, some <laughs> downtrodden beaten dads and uh, some of them ain't shit. And yeah, you're right. They are trying to like throw in a different angle, a different lifestyle angle as well. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Kairos, why are you getting all upset? <laughs> because they've been doing this hokey pokey bullshit for forever. And I, I was saying, I was like, bro, there'll be times where a fighter's on the cusp of being knocked out. Dominic Cruz like, he's taking a lot of damage. Joe Rogan be like, oh my gosh, this fight could be stopped anymore. And then here comes John Attic. And Lear Latifi just became a father three days ago. Like, oh, we don't okay, care. I know my man, John Attic. I'm just using him as an example though, but you know for a yeah. fact he's guilty of that. And, and it's like, okay. We got to understand that there's relevant information and you want to create a profile for these people so that you can connect with them. But there's a time and a place for that. Maybe in between rounds, maybe when they're right. just leading into the octagon, maybe when go. they're leaving, not during the action in a pivotal right. like he and he got that bad. He got that. I always make the joke about whenever Courtney Casey fights, he will talk about her playing soccer at the University of El Paso 10 years ago. How is that relevant to this? I think they're feeding him stuff. I think that's the guy that they're like, here, read this in his ear right now. Yeah, he just yeah. spits it back. Like He needs to say, fuck no. That's what he needs to say. Yeah, he needs to ignore <laughs> that. I'd be like, no, yeah. I'm not, no. I wouldn't just, I wouldn't say shit. I'd be like, just yeah, well, not saying remember, nothing remember when, in my uh, ear. <laughs> remember when Nate Diaz went off on Fox before like nine o'clock after you beat Michael Johnson and they went on the, Conor McGregor, you've taken everything away for a motherfucker. And like Joe Rogan had the Fox producers in his ear, like they're telling me to cut you off. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Cause obviously <laughs> we're in live on Fox, yeah. Exactly. So, okay. And that's the most watched Fox Sports One MMA clip of all time. It's like, y'all don't know what you need. We know what you need. Like, don't, yeah. don't give us no advice. You don't get, no. <laughs> Gee, as you uh, you've held the mic, you get the uh, auspicious task of passing on or passing the baton on to one of us three. Who are you picking? Oh, word! I'm going with Kairos. Let's go. Okay. When we talk about social media, we always constantly have the same conversation about either holding people accountable or talking about their lifestyle choices and them making their own personal beliefs public and then us talking about them receiving backlash for those sort of things. We talked about it last week regarding Gina Carano. We've talked about it in the past about other people. And I'm just sitting here thinking to myself at the end of the day, should there be people policing the timeline? And when I, what I mean by policing is, should you have room to criticize someone when you yourself aren't a perfect individual in the first place. I understand that people make mistakes and people mature and they grow from those experiences. And if you give that same, I guess, perspective to a certain individual, I feel like you should carry that to every single other person and allow them to grow as an individual. Like you have someone who did something wrong, like you wearing a uh, Candace Owens has all the right answers, crop top when you're 18 years old and you swear, well, I was so young. I was a young, impressionable youth, yada, yada, yada. This happened to me, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, great. Well, you're young. And we're going to accept that you've grown from that. But yet you get somebody else who has similar viewpoints and they're like preaching it. And granted, they might not be young, but still we aren't giving them that same opportunity to grow. And it's still the same people who will criticize them. So my question for you is this, should we even criticize people? Now, that's a bad question. That's a bad way to phrase it. My question is this, does every person deserve the opportunity to see themselves grow without us 
criticizing them until they grow. And let's go with Michael Morgan. No, 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 no. We don't need to go with him first. I, I went with you first last time. We're going with my birthday buddy, G. Oh my God, for real. Let me see. I was reflecting as you were like trying to pick someone. And I feel like your question is, is it our place to judge someone else as we ourselves are not perfect? Is that what you're saying? Like <clears throat> on top of, should we allow them to grow? Yes. So yes. Hmm. I don't know. You might not like my answer. I think it's okay. I think, listen, if you're going to be online and you're going to put stuff online, you're going to have critics and you're going to have people say things about yeah. you, no matter where your growth is. So that's just me being objective. So I think my answer is yes. I feel like you can criticize folks, but there's nuances and things that we're not discussing that can change that. You understand? So I, you put your stuff online, you put yourself online, you have to be ready for the criticism, you know? And that's, and I just think that's just what it is with this lifestyle of just being online. You, you're, you're asking for it. You, you put something online, and people are gonna criticize you. And there's always a critic. And it doesn't really matter where you are in life. That's how people see you. That's how people judge you, you know? So do I think it's messed up? Yes, but this is that online bullshit. So Mike, what you think? Nobody's perfect. And I think um, criticism does <laughs> I think at, at the end of the day, I really do believe, yes, regardless of where you are in the, uh, the growth stage of your life, yeah, it's okay to criticize you. It's okay to criticize you for past indiscretions as well and past foibles and past failures. But that criticism is two-way. The person who is actually pointing the finger at you could be pointing the finger back at themselves and asking the same questions that they're asking of you. And they need to be mindful that those same questions, those same critiques, those same accusations can be thrown back at them. Yeah. yeah. That's true. I, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, I like to chime in. Like I'm, I'm forever, uh, and I'm, I'm optimist. I'm not, I'm not a pessimist. And I, I like to believe that people can grow and can change, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't depend. Uh, it depends on, on, on what they've done. Say if somebody, for example, has been a, a racist their whole entire life, but then they've, at some point they found God. And then afterwards they're making a concerted effort just be, like, even after they're making a conservative effort, yeah, will, will I will their past transgression still be at the forefront of my mind? Yes, but I'm not necessarily going to hold them hold them to account for for that for the rest of their lives if they are making a concerted effort to change and be a better human being. Because at the end of the day, what we want is for for people to be grow to grow and be the best versions of themselves. And if we're just constantly ragging on them for their past transgressions then that's not conducive to that. And it's just gonna, it's just gonna, in fact, it emboldens people to, and to entrench themselves in their previous beliefs or, or what have you. So I think, I think you should be allowed, you should be allowed uh, to give people room to grow, but their, their past transgressions, just because they're, they're growing, it doesn't mean that you should automatically wipe them from the slate or what have you. It sounds okay, like well, here's what's that you, you're you're referring to a specific incident person and right. uh, and, so, and yeah. Here's my thing. Okay, I'm not here. Storyline here. I'm yeah, I feel here. like something is. Yeah, like I feel this. Mike, I feel you. It's same thing. Yeah. So here's <laughs> my thing. Okay, 
Everyone has the right to critique every single individual. Absolutely. But you yes. can't turn it on 100 for a specific individual that you might be cuzzy cuzzy and buddy buddy with. But then for someone you don't know, you just turn it on like vice versa. Someone you do know, you can't put it on 2% or medium well done. And for someone you don't know, you turn it on to 100%. Because that's just bullshit. And that's the issue that I have right now. Like, let's say we understand whatever you put online is going to come back to be used against you. You got to you gotta accept that. So let's yep. say, for instance, let's say I send a dick video of me just jerking it. I understand that if I were to send that out there, there's a chance it could come back and be used against me. 100%. But that same person who let's say is using that video and then lying on and saying that you're a sexual deviant. And let's say they're oh. in a position of influence and they're using their position to forward this storyline and this lie against you offensively, not defensively, offensively. And then they, they begin to be critiqued for their wrongdoings. It's suddenly a problem, but it wasn't a problem when you were basically accusing someone of something that they didn't do and you're from a position of power, especially in a journalistic position. It's not just about regular people on Twitter because that's going right. to happen regardless. But if you're a position, person in a position of power and you use it that way, that's kind of mm, disingenuous. And it, it kind of, it's one of those situations where you think to yourself, like, we do have a pattern of this behavior. Like, it's so strange that a certain company has a pattern of hiring sexual deviants. I don't know. Like, make it make sense to me. I don't know. Hmm. Again, I'm reading maybe between the lines what you just said there. Maybe uh, I need a little bit kind of like more in terms of clarity because I'm I'm getting bits and I'm kind of like trying to fill in the blanks and I'm thinking. I'm gonna, I think I can. I, I'm going to walk Kairos through this as okay. gingerly as I can. So let me see if I could put this together. Somebody sent a dick something like a video and it was consensual. But someone that heard about it made it into something that it wasn't and made it uh, seem like the person who sent the dick pic was a predator. Ah, uh, uh, right. Did I get that right, Kairos? Oh, absolutely. D so that's what I, that's, that's how I put that together. Yes. They twisted the narrative, added their own punctuation to it and basically painting you out to be some kind of predator, some kind of like pervert, some kind of, well, deviant. Nah, that's wrong. Yep. That's yeah, wrong. That's, 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 that's wrong. Especially considering the person knows full well what the context of the video or the whatever, uh, whatever item, photo, whatever be the context in which it was sent. Yeah, it's that's just done for malicious purposes, and it's just uh, it's just an indictment on the person's character. To be honest. And to be irony. honest with you, Kairos, this person is, that's not criticism. This is, that's a totally different conversation. That's not criticism. This is person is being manipulative. You know what I'm saying? Like this is deviant, this is deviant behavior. This isn't criticism. They're not criticizing you. They're going after your character. You know what I mean? Like if, if, for, for, to take something that was consensual and to tell folks that it wasn't and then mm. to paint someone as an aggressor or a predator is damaging. It's, and it's wrong. It's very evil. That's not criticism. That's a terrible person. Of course, because like let's let let's let, let's be real here. Uh, there's there's a chance that whatever message be being sent around from the from the person, the the false message, could go viral, and then that could prevent you from obtaining jobs in the future or to ever or progressing it with life. Do you know what I mean? So there's. There's a lot of repercussions and consequences a lot of people don't actually think of when they do when they do these things. 
I think they do think of these things and they, that's the reason why they're doing it. How are you a journalist, a self-proclaimed journalist, and you do all your due diligence of contacting random people to alert them to this information, but not using your journalistic tools to actually, I don't know, ask the person who you're talking about to. I, that's, that's really interesting. Like I thought journalists were supposed to look for the truth, hear both sides of the story, to hear the full, you know what? Maybe I was just expecting too much from some people because some people just aren't capable of fully utilizing what they currently have upstairs. So you know what? That's perfectly fine. I don't think it's a process of verification. I think it's got to do with the malicious intent of that person because think about it. You've got all of this at your disposal to clarify or get the other side of the story, but you're not using it. You're adding your own punctuation, your own bent, your own slant to it. Why is that? Because you're a malicious person seeking to create your own narrative story. That's what I mean by it's not criticism, it's the person. You know what I mean? That's why I was a little, I didn't know how to answer your question at first. And then like, then we got this little story we had to piece together. That has, criticism has nothing to do with this. Whoever did that to that person that took a narrative and changed it and made that person a predator. Um, sorry, I'm getting another call. Like that person is a terrible person. That's, that has nothing to do with criticism or even putting your stuff online. That's someone that's trying to sabotage you and hurt you. So um, I would say the best thing to do is cut that person off. Hold on, someone's at my door. Uh -oh. <laughs> I'll be right back. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh my God, that's why the fucking, that's why someone was on the other line. Someone's knocking at my door. I'll be back y'all, I'm gonna mute y'all and I'll be right back. I'm leaving this in. <laughs> no, that's downright malicious. And you know what, hearing you say that, has made me really furious because it could happen to you, Chisanga. It yeah, could happen to me easily because yeah. you're talking about a situation which was private, which was consensual, and someone has come along and added their two penneth, added their own narrative, and is now painting you in a light which didn't exist when that was taking place. That's made me furious. And this person's a journalist, I mean, that's what they call themselves, but they ain't shit, really, so. <laughs> Man. Well, the thing is, well, I, I don't know what the, the laws are in America or whatever about, um, about re revenge porn or sharing of intimate images, but if you were to share that, say if I was to receive an intimate image from, from a person, if I was to even just show you through this, not even, show, not even send the image to you, I can go to jail. Yeah, I'm aware of that, but I think that's kind of like soft. I think that I feel like that route is just so soft. I just I'm gonna call my lawyer. I'm gonna call the police. I think that is the most soft thing <laughs> ever. I'm so respect to those people who trust in law enforcement and the legal process and the people who participate in that. No shade on you. But yeah. for people who go to the police every time something convenience you, that's soft. That's baby. Oh no, of course. Yeah. And, like I mean you, you can't And police to... don't like that, by the way. We get really annoyed when y'all call us for some bullshit. I'm back, y'all. Good. So okay. I am right. I, I got triggered just hearing that. I was like, don't call us for bullshit. I'm not even a cop anymore. <laughs> I'm calling Jay. Right. I got mad, but don't bring me back, Kyra. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Ima imagine turning up to your local police station and telling them, yeah, I'd like to report a serious crime, blah, blah, blah. It's just gone down and then. Yeah. Mm, they probably mm. like, don't show your dick in 4K next time, buddy. 
<laughs> but you know what though? Real talk, like me and you, like everybody, we need to be careful about who we share our, our business with. You know, well, let it be a lesson learned, even me. You know what I mean? I've been through some stuff online too and I've been lied to and whatnot. And, you know, I'm not someone that lies online or, or you know, makes things up. I am 100% Gina. And yet, you know, I've shared that. Thank you. You too. I've shared myself online to people that weren't honest and it's, it's fucked up, but it's lesson learned. You have to be careful. You know, with whatever you're doing, whether it's with your dick, whether it's where you work or what you do, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's true. But yeah. if if that, you know, if that's the case, and if that's what happened, you know, I, I wholeheartedly apologize. That's some cruddy shit. You know what I'm saying? And and then also too, it's like that's between two consenting adults. What are you doing, weirdo? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you even doing that? So, my apologies, Kairos, for going through that. There's just you know some cruddy people out here, you know. But fuck them, you know. What can you do? Speaking of nefarious and uh, catfishing behavior, can we have you back on camera? Because we want to make sure we're talking to you. I got to get comfortable back in the hammock. Hold up. But yes, I had a delivery. I forgot something was coming my way. And then he called, but here I am. Hold on. Give me one yeah, sec. Bro, we know back. it could be Gina's delivery person right now, sat in that ditch. Exactly. As you do have the mic at the moment, Kairos, who do you want to pass it to? Let's pass it to... The man, the myth, the legend, Shasanga Malata. Oh, okay. All right, guys. So I wanted to kind of chop it up about the state of the welterweight division after Kamaru Usman's uh, somewhat of a comeback performance against uh, Gilbert Burns. Obviously, he got dropped early doors in the in the first round, and then uh, <clears throat> he came back strong. I kind of think Gilbert let him off the hook by staying on his back and like scooting towards him and uh, encouraging him to come into his guard when he was hurt, but. That's a lesson I'm sure he's, uh, that's something I'm sure he's kicking himself about. But now that the dust has settled on UFC 258, like I'm interested to get your thoughts on what should be next for Kamara because obviously Colby Covington, really, that should be the fight. I, I, I think so. Like I know people are saying, oh, Colby's only had the one win since that. And if I'm correct, that was against Tyron, I believe. Yeah, I believe he's only fought the once. And, but the other, the other fight, obviously, is the lucrative rematch with, with Jorge Masvidal. Now, for me, I'm, you know me, I'm a stickler for meritocracy. If, if, if the world was right, Leon Edwards would have a title shot right now. Leon Ed, yeah, if the world was like, I knew you were going to be saying that. That's why my eyebrows were doing gymnastics. I'm like, what's this guy <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He should, yeah, if, if the world, yeah, that, that, if we are in a right and just world, Leon, Leon Edwards, as I said, he's, he's more than earned a title shot, but we all know that's not happening right now. Leon obviously was meant to fight Hamza Chimaev. I did a nice half an hour interview with him, uh, I think this time last week, but then obviously COVID got the better of Chimaev and we wish him a speedy recovery because it actually sounds, I don't know if you saw the interview one of his managers did and he said uh, the, <clears throat> the lingering of the effects of the COVID had Hamzat struggling to well, after one round and he was coughing and then he had to go to an, amb an ambulance to hospital. Mm. But anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. So for Kamaru Usman, there are two options on the table. There's Jorge Masvidal, the rematch, and there's Colby Covington. For me, if I, if I had, uh, well, if, if I had the, well, the American football, if I was the, the quarterback, it would be, be Colby Covington. That's a fight to make, not, not the Jorge Masvidal fight. I understand there's uh, somewhat of an argument, oh, Masvidal took the fight on six days' notice and whatever, but... That doesn't stop. That doesn't track from the fact that he got fifty forty five on multiple scorecards. <laughs> so I'm gonna go to Kairos first. 
and say and ask you who should Kamaru Usman fight next? Is he healthy? Is he completely healthy? Like, I think he is. Yeah. He is? Okay. So, and if he has to go, he has to go. I <laughs> think, um, I don't want to see the Masvidal fight, to be honest with you. Simply point, put, like, one, he's on a losing streak. Not a streak, but he's coming off of a loss. Mm-hmm. Two, he was well-prepared for that fight. During this entire time, he was training for Kamaru Usman. Dustin Poirier testified to this. Other people at ATT said that he was bringing in wrestlers and was working with them intensely for this entire time, not just on the six days' notice. He was in shape, he was prepared, and he was getting ready for this fight. So anybody who's him saying that, oh, did it, and his manager saying we weren't prepared, they're fucking full of it. As for what he needs to do, he needs to take a fight with somebody else. I don't think he should t- fight Wonderboy as far as Masvidal is concerned, but I do think that... Kamaru Usman should fight Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Here's why. The time is ticking on Wonderboy, okay? He's almost reaching 40. He's had two opportunities at the title, but not anymore. And that was like five years ago at like 205 against Woodley. And there was a contested bout that was very close. He just got dropped. And I think that he's always just been in the position to get to that point. And he just flakes on it. I think now having two solid wins against Vicente Luque and Jeff Neal, that should warrant you a title fight. I'm sorry. Everybody knows what that man Jeff Neal can do. Everybody knows the caliber of fighter that Vicente Luque is. You have two wins currently. I understand Leon Edwards has his eight fights winning streak or seven fight, whatever it is, but it's like at some point we got to understand the more time that has passed from his last win, the more time that we have to invalidate that. And it's not fair. And I don't think his win streak should be invalidated, but time is always a factor. I think that it should be Usman versus Wonderboy. I think Edwards versus Masvidal, because they could promote the the fuck out of that one. I think Colby should fight. um... No, let me. Yes. Colby versus Burns. Thank you. And what they should do is have um, the Masvidal, Leon Edwards on a season of tough. It will be cool because Mazdar could have his people in there. You could have Leon and hopefully Leon brings in his brother also as a coach for yeah, tough. Like, we have such a crazy atmosphere because it's like, this motherfucker disrespected me on national television. Leon could and put ran- UK on the map. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, he, the- could, or he could bring Jamaicans up in there. You see, what was his management? Mike, we have talked about this. Like Leon, he might be boring, but he still can be a brand. Like what mm-hmm. the fuck? You saw, you saw all these ideas we just bounced if you put yep. them in the tough house yeah. we yeah. could have some rowdy black ass you know what i'm saying coaches or <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying or he could go with like a uk you know there's a new uk star coming to visit us today and yet his brother shows up you know what i'm mm-hmm. like look at the storyline yeah. they just need to know but you can bring the birmingham man them that's a hey hey man that's a, that's a good idea you know that's a good idea but unfortunately is it gonna wet the casuals appetite though that's that's the thing <laughs> Like, it's right. enough, and, it, it, and it'll take work. You think, you, you, think, you think it's enough for Masvidal? It's more than enough. And all they have to do is just show Masvidal, showing his knockouts, then showing him hitting Leon. And I promise you, that'll be enough. People will watch just for Masvidal off rip. And then seeing Leon go back and forth with him, especially Leon's like, we are soft in the UK. We stab people. We don't shoot them over. Like, if he starts saying stuff like that, it's over. Yeah. It's all people are gonna go crazy. He bring, yeah, he bring black guys and you people from the UK up in there. Like we don't know what Leon bring could bring. It could be interesting, <laughs> right? See Mike or something back there. You know what I mean? 
the more <laughs> advertising he gets, I feel like the more people will love. I feel like that's been the reason why he hasn't gotten the love that he deserves right now. It's because they keep taking the camera away from him. Whenever yeah. he's trying to talk, he's like, oh, nope, we don't want to hear it. Nope, we don't want it. This way, you're forced to hear his side. You are forced and compelled to listen. And when you are forced and compelled, compelled to listen to a real one, it's hard to deny him. That's why yeah, I think oh, this the is thing is, pe people don't think that Leon's about that life because he's soft-spoken and um, what have you. Yeah. But people don't know, like uh, especially in in the U.S., Birmingham's a, like a if it, it's it's not it's, it's not fucking Hogwarts or, or what have you. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's, do, do you know what I mean? Like it's it's not like this, uh, like you're in the Queen's estate or what have you. But like there's parts of Birmingham that are rough. People get stabbed on the daily in Birmingham. I'm pretty sure. Remember, Leon shared a video of a, a youth getting stabbed last yeah. year to death, and I know knife crime, uh, knife crime prevention is something. Wasn't Lerone Murphy hard. shot in the face or something? Yeah, like... yeah, Lerone Murphy was shot in the face. That was in, uh, in Salford, uh, I believe, in like Jeez, Manchester, so and, and mm. another rough place as well. But but going back to that though, Chisanga, he may rep Birmingham, but when he talks, he's repping Hufflepuff. Seriously. Okay. Oh, yes, right. You know what? No, like, listen, y'all, it's true. Like, it's, he's a little boring on the mic. There's a reason yeah. why they're taking boring. the mic from him. You give him mm. the mic and he's like, I want to fight that weasel. You know, he's not exactly... <laughs> he's but at not the same out time, there. Like, though, he's not the same selling time, like, himself I, at all. Like, no, no, he no, is I, boring. Do, do you know what? A lot of people were saying that Leon Edwards is never going to get to the dance if he stays the... the if he stays on, on, on the same course, if he stays true to himself... It, or if he doesn't start trash talking, but he got there. He got there with the Tyron Woodley showcase fight. He did that just just by being him. He got the opportunity, and then obviously COVID nineteen happened, and then that 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 took it away. So it shows you that if like if, if your skills if your skills are good enough, and if you stay stay true to yourself, there is a possibility to getting towards the top. Now, granted, is that route a lot harder and a lot more arduous? Yeah, that's that's true, but it can be done. And that's one thing that I was actually really proud of Leon, that he didn't go down the, the oh, I'm just going to start talking mad shit about people route. I, that, so I was so that means don't market yourself at all, though? Like, he can't, he, he's he Jamaican, he's, he's from the else. UK. There's other angles than, like, talking shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, even right now, we're talking about the tough house and bouncing ideas off of each other. It doesn't necessarily mean he's got to be a shithead, you know, yeah. but Leon got to do something. But yeah. The thing is, I, I like the idea. <laughs> If I, I, I love the idea of tough, but the thing is that will sideline Leon for even longer. That will sideline yeah. him until what, when, yeah. June? And then that will almost be two years. It sidelines everybody too. Like when I heard Usman and Masvidal are, are considering it, I'm just like, oh, like it's just tough holds up shit. No, yeah, you know what so I'm saying? Like, like, especially with Leon, like now it's been, well, it's, it's nearly been 20 months. Well, how many, how many months is it? It's nearly, okay, what are we oh, in? It's been it's 10 like years. Mike and I figured that yeah, out last, last show. 10 years. years. It's a decade. Plus, plus, just to get back to your original question as we were a little bit off beam, just to get back to that. Yes, I would give Usman um, Colby because there's a storyline there and they've got a background in terms of narrative and the fact that Colby thinks that if Mark Goddard hadn't stood in and actually uh, stopped the fight, he would have been the victor. So that clears that one up. I, I think I've got a horrible suspicion in my mind, in the back of my mind, just based on what Usman said and was trying to bait um, Masvidal, that I, I hate to say it, that we may get that next. And yeah. nobody wants to see that. 
Nobody wants to do that. But I've got a feeling just based on what was said at the weekend, that is what's working in, in the wings. But just getting back to, because I, I kind of like going over what you just said in terms of um, the points that you've raised already, uh, Jusango, I totally agree with you. But just on Leon, there is so much that he could do. I'm not talking about shit talking. I'm talking about his culture, his background. And I tell you why they started to weave this narrative when he was supposed to have fought Woodley yes. in London. The Jamaican boy done good. He came from a rough part and people were like, what? Is that the story? Is that how my guy's going on? And then people were a little bit kind of intrigued, a little bit kind of like beguiled, a little bit kind of enticed by him. But then that narrative stopped. Yeah. And what took over? What took over wasn't silent, Leon. If you noticed online, he's getting a little bit brash, a little bit more vocal, a little bit kind of spicy with the tweets. Now, albeit that it's forced, but he's realized, mate, you need to give us something. I don't think it's a, a realization. I think it's just genuine frustration on his mm. part. That could I, be I, it, I, yeah. I think he's, he's, I think pissed. he's still being true to himself, but I think it's just he's just frustrated a, the situation, like, yeah, obviously he was meant to fight Chimaev three times, and obviously now it's been, like, nearly 20 months since he, since he's full, or will or will be 20 months in, in March or what have you. So I, I don't think it's him going heel or what, what, what have you. I think it's just him just being pissed at, at the for, – for being pissed at the, the circumstances he finds himself in because, okay, so Leon, I'd, I'd say he's probably got maybe another three or four years at his prime. I think he's, what, 29? Yes, he's 29. So he's just entering it, like just entering his prime. And like to be on the sidelines when you're like, yeah. when you're red hot, it must just be so infuriating. I mean, he's on an eight fight win streak and we're still not satisfied. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, for me, I think the best thing for Usman, I'd call me corny, but give him a little break. Let um, Colby and um, Leon fight. And the winner of that fight fights Usman. That's what I would like to see. I think I think um, Leon needs one more fight because of recency bias. It's been so long since we've seen him win. So I need one more. And I think Colby is the number one contender. He just took out, who did he just fight? Woodley. And well, Woodley. Woodley. He took out Woodley. He's still at the top of the, the division. There's a storyline. And he's also like a problem. Like it was a close fight. I mean, yes, oh, Usman yeah. kicked his ass, but like, what if Colby works on the things that he was struggling with? What if he comes up with something that we don't even see coming? And he's don't remember, like, don't forget, like Colby's really good. And Usman did have some issues with him. It was a back and forth fight. So he can be a contender for me, but it's between him and um, Leon. Leon and let, let Usman take a break, man. You know, like he does, he just fought, he did the Masvidal did thing, fought Masvidal on short notice. Just um, dispatch Burns. Give him a break, you know. Yeah, yeah that's that, that. I I I have no qualms with that, but they're 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 going to milk it. I think the UFC. I think Dana White in particular. You you saw the way that he was bigging up Usman in the the build up to the fight and how he was uh, eulogizing him afterwards. He wants him to break records. Yeah, I think I I think mm -hmm. I think he realizes the potential that he has with uh, with him and Adesanya. But with Africa, like if this is something that we've talked about ad nauseum as, as well. I mean, the UFC will, well, they, they are well placed to, to make inroads in, in, into Africa. Obviously, because of the current global situation, that's their plans probably might have been put on hold for X amount of years or what have you. But at this moment in time, with in particular, with two Nigerian 
two two Nigerian champions. I mean, I think the population in Nigeria is like over a hundred million or something. It's something crazy, crazy like that. So, yeah, I think I think Dana like Usman's gonna keep. He's gonna get more of a push, more of a push, more of a push, and. Me saying with me saying that right now makes me think that they're going to give him Masvidal again because obviously Masvidal I think has so. star power and then they're just going to they're going to capitalize on that. I really did um, here. I think I just read an article. I'm not sure if it was MMA fighting or Bloody Elbow, but they are in the works of doing Usman and Masvidal. Like they're trying to negotiate that for tough. It's it. it's in discussion. It's yeah. not the, it hasn't been signed. I'm not starting, to, but they're like it's a discussion and. Yeah. I think Usman likes it, but I'm not sure if Masvidal, you know, the money and all that stuff. Like, it's very premature, but I did yes. hear they're discussing it, which turns not, me all the way off. But did you not see what Colby, um, a shout out to the boys, Casper and Dennis at uh, Submission Radio. They did an interview with, with Colby, uh, I assume, yesterday, well, they're, though they're in Australia anyway. The time of the interview is irrelevant. Co- Covington came out and said that Masvidal turned down a seven-figure payday and the opportunity to coach tough against him i mean what, what what's what's everyone's thoughts on that and I'm, I'm gonna go to kairos first because kairos loves to uh to, to rag on uh, masvidal for allegedly turning down fights okay i it's yes i do and yes i do take pleasure in invalidating a lot of what he says but it's coming from colby covington mm-hmm. a b it's coming from Colby Covington. When we, when we talk about the fight game, when we talk about this whole sport that we love, we got to understand there's a lot of psychological chess being played besides us fighting. If I can get the people and the public to turn on you, that's already half the battle, especially yeah. for someone like Masvidal who thrives on that sort of thing. He always like, oh, I'm performing the same way regardless. Like, no, we've noticed a peak in your level of performance. The more and more the fans get behind you. It's, it's very noticeable, which is true for everybody. And I think that, no, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe it at all. And here's why I don't believe it. it. Where does that narrative come from, um, Chisanga? Because just like um, Kairos, I don't believe it either. Who, who's sowing that? Who's putting that out there? It was, it was Colby, Colby who said it. He was, he, he right. was no, I get it. I get it. Thank you. Like, what are we supposed to do with that? Like, exactly. even if it, even if it was Maki Cow or Masvidal's manager saying it, I just be like, yo. But then again, no. but then again, like, so the let, let's look at the chron- chronology. And this is by no means me saying that Masvidal has turned down these fights. So initially a rematch with Nate was in the works. That 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 was public, didn't didn't come to fruition or what have you. And then I believe they they were, they were targeting Masvidal and uh, and Colby for December slash January. That hasn't come to fruition, and then obviously there's we we've been hearing rumors of tough tough talks for like for weeks now. I think maybe even a, a couple months, and now that hasn't come to fruition. So I don't know. There there could be some validity to to, to his claim, but again, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you as as well. But well, we'll see. We'll see what what happens, man. I mean. It's it's like when fighters say, "Yo, sign the contract, sign the contract." No yeah. contract is even being drawn up, or, yeah. or like just 
the day I release someone whose name Colby is the day you should just kill me. I'll never believe somebody with that type of name. <laughs> I, I, do, I do think he lies a whole lot. He lies no. about everything. 100%. Yeah. I mean, even the whole Mark Garner he, um, thing is ridiculous. Like, then we all saw the fight. You collapsed and you were getting beat up. Like, he was dropped like 50 times before. Mark, you don't remember? Like, Usman was dropping him over and over again. The fight was over, Colby. There was, like, his lies are unreal, you know? Do you don't remember... Like, uh, so th this is going to argue me even bringing up this douchebag's name. So Colby in January, he was on the, you know, um, Char Charlie Kirk. Do you know the conservative Charlie Kirk? Yep. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the, we're I not going to go that. He was, on, he was on that show and he, uh, he, he essentially blamed his loss to, um, to, uh, to Kamara Usman on Brexit. I don't know if you'll be able to hear me playing this, but let, let me let, let me let me play this. Let me see if you can hear it. Uh, rep fight, you know, can you hear me? Can you hear that? On multiple fake fouls that aren't even there. You know, I kicked the guy in the liver, and he was about to quit. He put he put his stomach down like he was going to quit, and the ref stops it. Oh, nut shot! They show it on the replay. Clearly hit him right in the liver. Wasn't yeah. even close. I remember Rogan talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then I come to find out the guy's you know anti-Brexit. He's from the UK. He hates Trump. He hates anybody who stands for Trump, and he hates Republicans. So of course he's going to stack the dense deck against me and not put a, an even playing field out there for me. So he doesn't want me to win. He doesn't want me to have that spotlight. So, but you know, fight. Yep. You know, anti anti Brexit. <laughs> My God, it was the reason why Kobe lost. <laughs> They just make shit up. It's crazy. He 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 made it him being stopped in a fight, the referee doing his job. He made it political. Like, are you nuts? Yeah, like, you, you want us to believe that, that man. man. You want us to believe that man, Jasaga. You want us to believe that. I did not say that. You. This you is not my king. Right? Like, this is not my king. Let me. <laughs> you want us to believe a man who was probably two and two going into the fifth. Maybe it was probably two, two to two going, getting ten aided in the fifth round and thinking that if the fight wasn't stopped, he would have won. Last time I did math, that would mean that you lost the fight. Question for y'all. Do you think he believes his lies? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's so scary. Like he really thinks um, that <laughs> it was political. Like that's okay. Yes. Hey, Briggs has been done for four years. Well, not done. It only got done a couple couple months ago. Is hey. he Quanan? Like, now I'm starting to think he's Q or something. Like, yeah, is he? <laughs> I, I, think, I, think he's, I would not be surprised if he was down that rabbit hole, to be honest. Yeah. Speaking of the bastion of truth, I just want to jump in with my <laughs> last item on the docket before, before we digress any further. Um, the MMA JA, you might remember, to massive fanfare, arrived what 18 months months ago or so was it oh no mike i think it came in 2016 2016 2016 okay. I think, yeah right okay i i stand corrected so since 2016 just to hold that timeline then they've been the bastion of truth justice and uh the journalist or the mma journalist way um i'm starting to question whether the mma ja still exist because since their creation what have they actively done the reason why i ask is because we've seen especially recently we've seen um a incredible gaslighting video do the rounds by way of dana white now some of those people in that video were mmaja we've seen ariel hawani uh being 
lambasted, being castigated, being, I would say, uh, disrespected on a massive scale on public forums. He is an MMAJA mem member. My question to you is this. You said 2016, right? Well, I'm on the Twitter now and they joined 2017, March 2017. Okay. 20, since 2017, all those paid up members, one, are they getting their membership dues being fully realized? I mean, I thought this was a whole movement for change that was going to support journalists in their endeavors, ensure that the highest journalistic integrity was actually adhered to. But I suppose the key and most important thing is where there is transgression against journalists that the MMAJA would act. Now, given the recent, I would say, unacceptable behavior of Dana White, are the MMAJA still active? Do they have teeth? And if so, should they have acted? Should they have done something? Should they have actually, well, put more credence on the fact that they're supposed to be supporting journalists. I'm going to go with Chisanga. Um, yeah, it's pretty pertinent going to me seeing as I'm a, a mixed martial arts journalist. <laughs> yeah, I would I would have liked to have seen a, a statement issued on, uh, on, on Ariel Hawani, on, on Dana White's comments. Uh, it, it didn't sit well with me as soon as he said that Ariel made it all about him. Ariel is well within his rights to, um, to, to make a video as somebody who's who's regularly in, uh, interviewed and interacted with Gina Carano and then to find out that she subsequently holds such views, that must have been uh, a, a huge shock to him. And let's, let's not forget there, there was some public demand for him. People wanted to know, okay, Ariel, so you're, you're the most prominent Miss Martial Arts journalist there's, there's ever been and you are of Jewish descent and you are somebody who has obviously been in contact with Gina Carano for, for a very long time. What are your thoughts on it? I don't think, yeah. Uh, Dana White's assertion that Ariel made it all about him was was couldn't be any further from from the truth. But as it goes back to the MMA A J A, I get confused with with all the all those letters. The, I, I believe they they should they should have said something. There 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 should there should have been a statement or what have you. But I think it also goes back to the the, the age old fear, Mike, of losing credentials. To be wow. honest, yeah, I know. So I, I, have no teeth then. What is their reason? What is their raison d'etre? Why do they exist if fear of losing credentials by acting, by doing the right thing, by supporting those who pay their dues, why are they there? What are no, they? I, 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 completely, I, completely, I completely get it, but it just comes, if it, you basically, they're basically at a crossroads. Do you, do you, do you go, go, go against the brass and potentially ruin your, your income, especially during a financially difficult time the entire world is going through right now, mm. or do you just blow with the wind, their ongoing wind, and just just keep, keep, keep quiet? And I don't want to say definitively that that's the case, because for all we know, they could be obtaining statements from the UFC. They could be obtaining more interviews from, from Aaron Hawani. I don't know, but you would have... I, I, for one, would have liked to have seen some sort of, some sort of, even a two-paragraph statement. Do you know? Do you know what I, I mean? Conde yeah, condemn like, like <clears throat> condemning the, uh, the the comments made from White. But as it pertains to the organization as a whole, I don't know what is actually going on. I think the the last time I actually saw them tweet was, 
and it was a it's a bit of a, a sad tweet because I don't know if you know um, Ken Hathaway. Ken Hathaway, yeah, his is I think his partner passed away, and they're tweeting a, a GoFundMe uh, link for, yeah. uh, for that. But I think off the top of my head, that was the last time they that I saw saw a tweet for them. Mm. And I know actually, I think. And before that was the the UFC waiver for was that for, was it for the Jacksonville events that they that they had to sign a waiver? Do you remember that there was a bit uh, that media attending the events had to sign a waiver? Oh yeah, I think you're right because that's the last time I ever heard of them doing anything. And I think it was Ariel telling people not to sign the NDA. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, uh, and and in terms of there you go in terms of like a. a it's a serious issue within mixed martial arts journalism. That was the last one. And that was when was that May? May yes. 2020. May 20th, 2020. Wow. Yeah, May 2020. Yeah. That's what I was looking up. I was like, bro, I, they've been radio silent for a minute. That, I was yeah, like, me too. I was steady Googling. Like, and like, I, I, I think it just goes back to the fear because this is, this isn't like the, um, like I'll, I'll compare it to, to football. It's not like the premier league, Mike, where, the the fighters and the executives and everybody else are uh, are are contractually obliged to to speak to the media x amount of times uh, a year. This is an access based based business, and you don't want to lose. Like sadly, a lot of people will uh, will put aside journalistic duty for just access. Which, I mean, this is an issue that we talked about ad nauseum about, and it's 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 a shame. It's a shame, and like. The, although I would understand why people don't want to do it, especially during a time like now, I, it still just doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. Exactly. Gee. Yeah. Man, while y'all was talking, I was listening, but I was like Googling them and trying to get a grasp of, you know, the situation and whatnot. And then I have more questions than anything, but Chisanka, you seem to cover it. They're, they're not very active right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of surprised that one, they didn't speak up. Well, I'm not surprised because they're not active, but I'm surprised they didn't say anything about Ariel Hillawat. They should have, you know, made a statement, I think. And also, too, they never really do make any statements. What about when, you know, a journalist is, you know, damn near battered and, and yelled at for asking about COVID protocols or what, like, where are they when yeah. they're trying to implement these ethics and morals that they discuss or protecting the journalists? Yeah. Where are they? We've seen plenty of journalists get booed for asking about mental health, COVID protocols, safety, pandemic questions, coronavirus, and people get booed out the building and then, you know, um, tormented in their mentions and stuff. So where are they? How active are they? And what is their purpose? And are they going to continue to, you know, help journalists? Are they just going to fade to black? I like if, you know, this sounds like a really good idea and I like it, but what are they doing? You know? And I, and I think it also comes down to financial resources as well. That's that's another thing. I mean, do they well? They, uh, uh, do they have the financial backing to be able to to go to to take on say the well? No, nobody has the financial backing to take on the UFC head on. Obviously, you know you know what I mean. But to contest these issues and to raise them and to put them out there, do they have do they have the ability to do that? And I I don't think so. Like I'll I'll be interested. I'll like I might I might reach out to Ario and I know. Um, uh, Jim Edwards is also a member of the MMA JA, so I'll ask them and see what is going on from from their perspective, because it'd, it'd be good to to get some members' perspective on as to as to as to what's going on. 
but I mean, I was very optimistic when when it, when it came out when when they, when they uh, came out when it, when it was formed in, in 2017. And although they have been silent for a while, and especially with uh, Dana White's comments on uh, on Ariel, I, I I still have hope for it to for actually producing what I was going to say. I was going to use the the Ronsil. Uh, analogy, Mike. You know that Mike, the Ronsel, it does what it says on the tin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people, people in America are going to be like, "What the hell is he on about?" But hopefully, they'll be able to do what they set out to do when they were formed. How about you, Kairos? What do you think? This appears to me nothing more than like a position filled by figureheads. I'm sure the intentions weren't that way. I'm sure they had the great intentions, but the fact of the matter is. The fear of retaliation is very real for these journalists. It's very, we've seen a demonstration. You mentioned that Ariel Hawani is one of the most recognized faces in MMA media. They kicked him out of one of the largest events of the year at, that, at, at the time. It was like, it was either McGregor fighting or Nate Diaz fighting. It was somebody fighting the big. Yeah, it's, kicked it's him out. It was Bissing Rockhold. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it was big though. It was big. You no, know, no, it was because <laughs> it was, it was, he announced the Brock Lesnar news before and they were going to cut yes. promo during the thing. Yeah. Can, like, so if they can get rid of him, I, everybody's like, shit, Ariel's fucking out of there. Like, I know yeah. for a fact, I'm like, they got Mark on the journalist thing. They got like a few other people. On, and it's like, okay, for you guys to have that much collective, like audience, ears, knowledge and experience, and there to not be a consistent flow of even just information. You don't even have to be critiquing just information. Like, all right, this is what we're trying to do. This is what we're putting together. This is what's in motion. That's a very telling thing because the fact that your whole thing is openness to the public about MMA and you're not being open to the public about MMA inquiries, it, yeah. it, that makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. And I get it. It's a terrifying thing to put your neck out. It takes a different human being to do that stuff. And that's why I respect you guys because you guys have done that and you paid your price for it too. You've been punished in those situations. You've been blacklisted, blackballed and not allowed to go to events. You've been told, don't cover this anymore. You've been told, don't talk about my movies anymore. I'm not going to send you these links anymore. I'm not going to, you guys have taken those <laughs> lashes. It yeah. takes a lot for a person to do that and be conditioned to say, you know what, whatever, I'm still doing my job. And a yeah. lot of people aren't built that way. Like there's a reason why the same guy keeps getting asked the same question every single event first. Like there's a reason why certain people have these set positions and it's because they're willing to play ball and they are not willing to go against the grain. And you know what? Like it would be easy for me to say, why don't you just blow up the whole fucking spot? Why don't all the journalists get together and say, fuck this shit, Dana, we're gonna ask what are we? It's easy to do all that. It's easy to complain and point fingers, but at the end of the day, we gotta be realistic about it. There is a real reason why a lot of these people who are so into being outspoken and open about things are not being outspoken and open about it. We got to address that. Okay, so off the top of my head, I remembered, uh, I don't know if you know the Canadian MMA journalist, uh, D D Danny Austin, uh, but he, he's now, I think he's pretty much now just doing uh, American football or, or Canadian football, CFL. Uh, in... October 2019, I'll tweet out his thread, what he said. I'm not covering MMA until the CFL season is over, so I'm probably the wrong person to say this. But I'm so grateful for the professional journalism associations and part, part. What a disappointment the MMA AJ has been. I've seen no evidence in 2019 that he even exists. Last year, I sent an email suggesting that MMA JA released a statement about journalists being told what they could such couldn't ask at a press conference. I was pleased with the response, but no communication, no nothing in 2019. As I consider re-entering the fold and covering the sport again, 
Um, I don't see that the MMA JA is A, real, B, trying to appear real, C, worried about whether there's any perception of it existing. Wow. Just really disappointing from the people involved in creating it. I'd love to add more, but I've seen nothing from them. Damn. Oh, sorry, two seconds. Nothing, nothing. Oh, sorry, I keep it. <laughs> nothing, he, he added. I work for a major news organization. I don't need their help, but money was collected from lots of people with less resources behind them than me. And I don't know what, sorry, he, miss, he miswrote there. He says, and I don't know that anything was done for those people, the people that obviously pitched the money. People yeah. who work for ESPN, The Athletic, for other major organizations were all at that meeting and asked for journalists to give their money to create the MMA JA. I'm not naming names, but I'd love to know where that money went. And there's a final tweet. And again, in 2017, I was there at the full meeting with multiple MMA journalists whose names you know, hosting in Anaheim, blah, blah, blah. And they made real promises about what the organization aimed to accomplish. They, and the board that was elected later should be publicly accountable, should be, you missed out, held. I'll keep fucking up reading. They should publicly right. be held accountable. <laughs> so that, Danny tweeted that, Fred, in- 19, you said. October, October 10th, 2019. And here we are now in on February 16th, 2021. What's your thoughts now that you've, you've heard that? I'm glad I raised it because I raised it not to be smart, not to be clever and um, not to trip you up because I didn't know the answers to it. But I just thought it really weird that you've had a cumulative effect of journalists being disrespected from Trent Reinsmith to Ariel Hawani to Josh Gross and then the MMAJA being silent, hence the reason for asking, but that kind of correlates with how I feel about the MMAJA and why I've never made any strides to even reach out to them or get involved in any way, shape or form. It's just the name, it's a logo and it's a status. Yeah, um, and what, what's particularly uh, unsettling is the fact that, as, as Danny said, that people that work for networks who uh, and outlets that don't have that much financial backing put their own money into this. Ooh. And uh, to, to read what he said again, he's like, I'm not naming names, but I'd love to know where that money went. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's a question that needs answered. Yeah. That, I agree. Is, that does not look good. Like, let's, we need to say that one more time so that people can understand what you just said. People were asked for money in order to fund a cause and a common goal for everybody's benefit. And there have been no steps taken in that direction. Yeah, that I'll, is, I'll reread the tweet. It said, people who work for ESPN, The Athletic, for other major organizations were all at the meeting and asked for journalists to give their money to create the MMA JA. I'm not naming names, up, but I'd love to know where that money went. Ooh. And I, I'm just gonna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna lie and like, I think any person who's not willing to name names, it's either for one or two reasons. One, they're close with the person and they don't wanna do that to them. Two, it's a person of high notoriety that they're just like, I'm not even gonna, it's one of those two things. And what's really alarming to me is like, this MMAJA to me seems like something that's, what's the word for it? It's so ironic that they're journalists looking out for other journalists, but they aren't doing it. It's like how in the, 
I don't know if y'all are religious, but in the Bible, they call these people the wise men. Yet these people were traveling the wrong direction for six straight months. It's like almost ironic. It's like, y'all supposed to be wise? Y'all some dumb motherfuckers. In this scenario, you guys are supposed <laughs> to be looking out for the benefet of everybody else? Y'all yeah. aren't looking out for anybody but yourself. Like, you mean to tell me you stood in a, in a convocation style format with people from major networks. The Athletic was big up until they started having to get rid of certain journalists because they were out of funds. ESPN is always, you were all these major networks, especially for at the time that you had it. And you got all these people to co-sign and even give you money and donations to get this jump started. And you still did that? I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you, I don't want to get into some conspiracy theory type of stuff and start raising unrest and panic, but it sounds like they just wanted to know what, how much money people had to fund this cause, take it and drain and say, well, now you can't fund the cause. Peace. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like they gathered every bit of the resistance and said, put it all into this basket. Now that we know that you're against this and we have all your resources, skedaddle. Good luck. Peace. That's what it looks like to me. I, I don't want to be, that's what it looks like to me though. Just to underline that you're not saying that. This is allegedly what could yeah. possibly have happened just to cover ourselves legally. Yes, I, <laughs> correct. I say the whole financial aspect of it um, does raise questions. And I just want to go back to what I said earlier, and that is, you know, what did they get for their investment? I'm just curious to know. And I, I think that's a pertinent question. What did they get for their level of investment? What was their rate of return? Yep. That's right. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious, Chisanga. You're you're a you're a card carrying uh, journalist, and you're a proper journalist at that. Why haven't you, or why didn't you join the MMA JA? I I I, I just never. To be honest, I just I just never got around to it. To be honest, but and then I I started. I they, they, initially I didn't get around to it, and then I was like, okay, well, let me see what happens in like six months to a year, and let me see how what what progression happens and I, 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 I didn't really see that much to, to be honest so to entice me to think okay well I've got a, I've got this union this association that I'm, I, I need to join and and obviously over here in the, in the United Kingdom I'm covered by the National Union of Journalists anyway mm. so yeah I, I wasn't really inclined to to um, to do that so but yeah, it's the, interesting. It was, it's very interesting. And I'm, I'm glad I actually remembered uh, Danny's, Danny's thread. And I, I, I can send it to you guys as well for future it's reference. Opener. Yeah, it is. It is. And I mean, very interesting. I mean, look, if the ideal situation would be okay, look, we've just been biding our time, blah, 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 before going big, go, before going hand. You know what I mean? But sadly, on the face of it, it doesn't look like that's the case. That's a long wind up. You're talking years for this yeah. long, like un I maybe like it's back to that conversation we were talking about black issues. Like, well, we haven't seen something, but how do we not know they've been working on an underhand yeah, no, pitch to like correct. two, three years? <sighs> Dude, it does that doesn't look good. It just it doesn't look good. Yeah. And speaking of not looking good, I think it might be pertinent to bring that up again. We've seen the program unfolding in terms of what uh, the UFC have put on in terms of how they're recognizing Black History Month. So where are the investment in youth programs? Where are the investment in churches? Where are the investment in knife crime, gun crime, things that would actually, um, or anti-knife crime, anti-gun crime initiatives, things that would actually benefit the Black community by way of investment. Where are these things? I might have missed it on the timeline, but all I've seen so far has been 
programming, which basically exalts the black fighters and great, that's fantastic profiling and also exalts their content. These are their previous fights. Um, this is a, a show which kind of like highlights um, the prowess of our black fighters, but where is the investment? I ask this as a genuine person who does actually want to hear a genuine answer. Have they invested beyond actually exalting themselves by way of PR? Yeah, I mean, again, I, so- I the, yeah. I ask. Did I miss it on the timeline? No, I, 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 I haven't seen anything. I, okay. I, I mean, I know what you mean, but <laughs> I was about to say, but then again, I miss all the beef on the timeline on MMA Twitter. Like <laughs> habitually, it's always me. It's always me and you that are like are in the dark and it's Gina and Kairos are updating us on like, did you see that shit that went down last night? Or whatever? <laughs> I'm a habitual beef. Oh, fucked up the joke there. I was about to say habitual <laughs> beef misser, but yeah, I started there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the time difference, but I don't know. Me, I see Karis go. Um, I see Kairos go first, and then I don't even know what's going on. I just jump right in and just <laughs> that's it. <laughs> we war. You know what I'm saying? Remember, Karis had to be like, "Yo, chill, Gina, Mike. Like, I got my props. Remember what? What were we mad about? Like, oh, the parental advisory thing. Yeah. To be fair, I kind of stoked that I stoked that fire because it's like Kairos, you gonna let them take your shit? You gonna? Let I was like, we beefing, Kairos, let's go. I don't even know need to know the details. Like but the thing is, had had we been in, had we been stateside and whatever, and then obviously had we been uh, like had had we seen the MLB things and the NFL things of that, we would have known that. Oh yeah, it wasn't Kairos's idea, but. We saw it and it was on site. Oh, that's exactly. what it is. So <laughs> that's the way it should be. But speaking of on site, this coming weekend, what are the uh, standouts that you're looking forward to when Blade takes on Lewis? Um, are, are we really going to look forward to Curtis Blades wrestling Derek Lewis for three rounds? Well, no, Why you got to say it like that? I, I'm looking forward to Arlovsky look, and uh, your man, um, Liverpool. Yeah, of course, man. This is a big yeah. step up for him. Like, mm. third fight in the UFC, giving him a former champion. It's a really big step up. And part of me, uh, I, I think, was it was it was either Kairos or G, or maybe you both tweeted this, like, uh, within a few months of each other. But you tweeted something along the lines of, like, you, sometimes you see matchups and you know the UFC wants the one person dead. <laughs> what have you? And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Andre Lasky or whatever. Obviously, he's a he's a legend of the sport, and he continues to still defy Father Time. And I mean, how old is he now? He's four. Is he 41? 61. And stop it. Was <laughs> 61. I, I, I'm going to say he's like 40, 41. Or 40, he's 42 years old, and not like a. I was about to say if you could have a fresh 42 year old or whatever, but he's a weathered 42. If you know what I mean, he's had over. Over 50 professional mixed martial arts fights. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that fight. I think Tom beats him. I said this to to people beforehand, before he made his debut in Fight Island. I said he's 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 one of the quickest heavyweights that you see and hand speed, not just not just body movement, body mm -hmm. it's hand speed, it's, it's so so quick. And he's shown that so far. Granted, against Jake Collier, who I mean did Jake Collier not used to be a middleweight, if memory serves me correctly and then i think he just he didn't fight for four or so years and then he gained that lockdown weight and then it is what it is but then uh who did he beat who did who did aspinall beat in his last fight 
can't remember. Anyway, he, de- he destroyed somebody real quick. Yeah, I forget. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, man. Oh, anyway, it's 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 uh, oh, it was the it was a French guy who was a replacement for um, uh, he's a replacement for it was the Moldovan guy, so he was meant to fight Sergei Spivak and then he fought the, the French guy, Alan Baudot. There you go, just yeah, pulled it up. Yeah. Yep. The Black Samurai, what a nickname, by the way. I, I love that nickname. If I was to ever fight, I'd steal in that shit. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really high on Top Aspinall. And who else is on that card? Because that's actually a very, very good card. And like I remember seeing on Twitter, people were doing like a side-by-side of the um, of the pay-per-view and then of this card and obviously the, uh, the fight night well and truly uh well and truly uh pissed all over the the paper low-key this card though wow it's a good card good card caitlin gear against yana kunitskaya is a good fight yeah Mm. and phil phil hawes against uh emaya obviously phil hawes was going to fight he was going to fight one of the cars but then the um then his fight got cancelled i think he was I think he had to withdraw due to illness or something. I'm not. 100%. Yeah. Yes, he did. I Outside think the friends. card, the card doesn't jump at you, but there are certain matchups that might pop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you're familiar with these people, like Chris Dawkins, Aleski Olenek, yeah. that's going to be pretty good. Crispy knocking people out. Huh? Is that the one you're looking forward to? Yeah. Chris Dawkins is that uh, cop from Philly that every first round, he just puts people to sleep and goes back to work. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Like he just has this real subtle knockout power in his hands or his knees and he knocks people out. He gives a quick speech and he's like deuces. I like him. You know what I'm saying? And he's going up. They stepped up his, because he keeps knocking people up in the first round. I think that's why they gave him Olenek. Like he's somebody to watch. So if he makes it past Olenek, he's going to get quite a name for himself because he is knocking people out in the first round. So I'm looking out for Chris Dawkins and Aleski Olenek, and I want Chris to win. We need fresh blood. Yeah. And also I'm looking at the card, man, one of the OGs of fighting still is still going. Uh, Eddie Wineland, Eddie Wineland's fighting again this weekend. Oh, wow. oh yeah. I love him. John uh, Castaneda. Uh, Castaneda was a guy who Pickett beat before he lost to, um, he lose to Casey Kenny. All these prelims are fire, though. Shayna yeah, Dobson, twin. Yeah, and if you look, um, Jakar Close versus Lewis Pena. That's that fine. Was that was a fight I was going to Close against uh, John Herbert. Nate Landwehr, that crazy man. What are you saying, Mike? What did you say, Kairos? I didn't hit. You just jumped in there. Oh, I said the Lewis Pena versus Jakar Close was the fight that I wanted to watch. Oh, that was yes, the fight I want to watch the absolute fire. most. Yeah, that's going to be fire. I think that's fight of the night. Yeah. And I always like Nate Landwehr. You know what I'm saying? He's crazy. So he's Bird. fighting Julian Rutt. Yeah, exactly. So Bird in a good time. Good time, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the prelims are going to be straight fight. Uh, Chas Skelly is fighting, too. He's kind of fun. Jamal Emers, yeah. I think the prelims are going to be dope. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be good. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to stay up for this one. I didn't stay up last weekend. I tried. To, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was tired, man. I was tired. I conked out. Who y'all, who y'all got in the main event, though? I don't know who to pick. Curtis Blades or Derek Lewis? Who y'all think? Uh, I mean, Curtis Blades. Okay, I'm, I'm leaning towards Curtis because purely because of his wrestling acumen. And we haven't really seen that since, uh, since Derek Lewis lost to DC that his wrestling has gotten that much better. Mm. Obviously, that was, that, was what? That, was November 20, that was November 2018. So it could have come on leaps and bounds in between. 
uh, I'm trying to think who is he for in between there. Like, I feel like Kairos is gonna like come at me with with something that like he's just gonna drop a drop a bomb on me. Like Derek Lewis out wrestled, blah blah blah. I I can't I can't remember off the top of my head. But I'm going with Curtis Blade. But Curtis Blade is gonna have to flying front kick Derek Lewis to the face to knock him out to get a title shot. To be honest, because if Francis beats Stipe, that ain't happening. And if Stipe retains his title, I mean, uh, a, a drawn out five five round decision against Derek isn't going to cut it. Yeah. Damn. Oh no, he, no, he's gonna he's gonna have to wait. Either way, John John's getting the the, the winner, isn't he? Mm-hmm. John's getting the winner of Stipe and Francis. So I mean, Curtis Blade, shit, you might not even fight this weekend, man. Just just if, <laughs> what's the, what's the point? You're you're not going to fight for the title until 2022. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Are you really going to say this, my man? Listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, is a god. Y'all going to act like this man ain't a god. Uh, hey, he hey, is I, love, li- I love Derek. I love Derek. But believe he... me. Oh, I, I can go now? I remember being... <laughs> no, I, I, love, I love Derek. I was, at the, I was actually at the UFC 230 media day, and he came out with the... Um, somebody asked him, uh, like, uh, I can't remember what the, what the question was. Oh, she was like, oh, Derek, so what, what do you... What do you eat? What's your nutrition like before your fights? What What do you eat? And he's like, I eat my wife's asshole. And like that. Oh, that's, you don't remember that? Do you don't remember that video? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, and when oh, like shit. I tweeted it, I'm like literally my mentions on my phone were just going <laughs> like crazy. Like it was one of like my I'm virus. Sure. Feet. Yeah, like I, I love Derek Lewis. I love Derek Lewis. And don't get me wrong, he's he's no longer this uh, this swanging and banging robot that he that he was earlier in his in his UFC career of course I mean the dude throws flying knees and flying switch kicks as well for a big man as well he throws throws them very very well but I just think Blades' overall package is just going to be too much for him you're underrating one key feature in Derek Lewis's game and it's his ability to get back up to his feet everyone's always the grappling this and the grappling this. you know how many niggas tried to take him down and couldn't keep him down Derek Lewis gets up every single time somebody was a superior. Did he get up with DC? Okay, DC is an Olympic wrestler. <laughs> He's an Olymp- okay. What about Alexi Olenek? How did that go for Alexi? What about when uh, bro? People have tried. People know, have. Get, people get, have yeah. tried. DC is the only one, the only one who's been successful with grappling him. The only, uh, the only person who's been successful with grappling him. But do you attribute? A lot of Derek's uh, escapes from from when he's put in the ground. I don't want to necessarily say they're not solely down to um, his grappling <laughs> prowess, but it's 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 a lot through brute strength and brute force. It is brute yeah. strength. Yeah. He it is gets brute up. Sw- that's it. Like he just stands up. He just up. gets his big yeah. ass up, right? Like, but that's the point, though. He still is getting like if. Is he going to be all... able to do that against Curtis Blades, though? Like, yeah, he's also a really thing. good fucking wrestler, that's you know? Like, yeah. and then do it for that long against him? Blades. I mean... Blades all day. Think, yes. And I think Blades gets clipped. I think Blades is going to get clipped. It out. can go either way, though, y'all. I, I don't even know what to pick. I- I'm feeling some press-ups, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, doing it for Derek Lewis. To be, honest, like, to be honest, like, I mean, Derek Lewis, you, you, you can't write him off. I'm... Ever since, so I was I was um, I was at UFC two two nine when he knocked out Volkov, and when when I say that, that I've, never, I've never heard an arena 
even in like football stadiums or whatever, like erupt, like the arena erupted, the T-Mobile arena erupted when he knocked out Volkov. That was like one of the craziest things. And like, I was sat next to Chuck Mendenhall and both of us like had our hands on our heads and we both looked at each other. We're like, holy shit, what the, what, what the hell's just happened? You, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going with Derek now. I'm going. Yeah. I, can't, I can't root against him. I can't root against him. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going with look at Kairos. I'm going with Derek. Black beast in this hole. <laughs> okay, so we got Blades, Lewis, Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. What's Jude? Um, you going with Jude? I'm going with Derek Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how many press-ups are you guys going to be doing? Uh, I can do maybe 20. That's it. I'm out of shape. <laughs> so we, we settled on 20. 20 press-ups. <laughs> that's what I can do. Y'all right. can do whatever. Okay. Well, that's settled then. We are actually going to be waiting for Saturday to roll around. And uh, one of us three, well, actually, three of us <laughs> will be doing <laughs> Okay. Doing push-ups. Okay, well, that wraps up Shots Fired. And um, if anybody wants to continue any of the conversations that we've had so far today, our Twitter handles are for myself, Mike Wo TV. Kairos, how can people get in touch with you? This Kairos MMA on Twitter and TikTok. We drop and content on TikTok every single day. If you want to learn about MMA, if you want to see funny skits, if you want to talk trash, Hit me up on TikTok. I'm going to be running it soon. I promise. G? Just G to MMA. No TikTok. I'll just be in this <laughs> hammock. I'll be in this. I'll be right here, y'all, in this hammock, tweeting y'all. So that's it. And Chisanga Malata, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. You can catch me just on my socials. My name, Chisanga underscore Malata on Instagram and on Twitter. I look forward to hearing you talk shit about my thoughts people but come at me <laughs> peace the week from the Fleet Park to Creek, Brooklyn Street. It's on again. Stop all that bickering beat.